The Daily Ding is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. My favorite feature, you can get tickets in two taps. A two-tap checkout. That's efficiency. That's how you're supposed to do it in the NBA. Two taps gets you tickets, gets you checked out, and you're ready to go to the game every single time. So head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. Y'all got it coming soon, though. Y'all gonna have more money than you know what to do with pretty soon. Actually, you want to be honest, I splurged the other day. I bought an automatic uh, t-shirt folder. That's dope. Where'd you get that? Amazon. Yeah. My, I don't even care that you bought it. I just want to know, like, how did you even come across this? <laughs> I'd be on Amazon, bro. My I know, time. but, like... It was I- there. Reverse flush and <laughs> ain't that a smooth one. This is how it goes. When I hoop, I have no friends. One time I his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his last. How dare you? Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Tuesday morning. We've got all your action from Monday night in the NBA. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Mike Borkanoff with Rob Lopez, denying protests from the Rockets left and right. Coming up on today's Daily Ding, we've got multiple game winners. The Rockets have to hold the L officially, and Gordon Hayward returns to the court. But first, Paul George is still really good in Indiana. Clippers 110, Pacers 99 in Indianapolis. No Kawhi Leonard in this one, that knee management or load management or whatever we're going to call it at this point. But the Clippers, they went to a zone early and often. They forced bad shooting. Paul George was ridiculous, Mike. He had 21 points in the first half, 34 points through the first three quarters, finished with 36 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Uh, Ivica Zubats was great for them. Montrez Harrell was great for them. They kind of dominated inside. And this was just another Paul George homecoming to Indianapolis. And he's still the best player on the court there most nights. It's kind of crazy at this point, right? Just the the flexibility that the Clippers have. Uh, They can just toggle between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George whenever they want to have both of them on the court at once. And then Paul George can have one of these like, oh, yeah, uh, you're not better than me games. And uh, the Clippers can just ride that every night. Yeah, uh, apparently he reacted to the Indiana fans still booing him, according to Jovan Buha of The Athletic, uh, said he's not the one to be booing. Someday I'll do a tell-off, tell the leading events of how I left Indiana. Um, And I promise you, I'm not the one to boo. You want to share the teaser tonight? Nah, I'm not going to share the teaser. I'm not going to share the teaser. I like being the villain. I'm here two nights out of the year. The people that they should boo is here a lot longer than I am. That's maybe, maybe we got some, maybe we got some spiciness coming from that one, Mike, but the rest of this game, man, uh, Montrez Harrell, 26 points, eight rebounds off the bench. Uh, Zubats had 13 and eight. He had most of his damage done in the first half. Uh, Paul George also nine, 36 points, nine rebounds, five assists, 10 of 26 from the field, seven of 16 from three for the Pacers side of it. They just couldn't shoot in this one. Five of 18 from three point range in the first half. They finished 10 of 35 overall. Malcolm Brogdon was all right. He had 20 points, two assists. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis had 18 points, 22 rebounds, four assists, some sexy stat lines there. Doug McDermott had 17 off the bench, hit five threes. Uh, And the Pacers made a push in this one, but 
it's kind of weird trying to analyze this Pacers team and they've been very good this year, but until we see Victor Oladipo on the court, I like it matters, Mike, but I'm wondering how much does any of this matter without him in the long term? Not much. They still have to do enough to like get to the playoffs, which they've done so far. It helps that they're in the Eastern conference and you know, the bottom of the East is essentially just like cakewalk for them to get there. But you're right. Um, until Old Depot comes back, we don't really know what they are, right? Whether it's for this year or for the next few years going forward. But it's still fun to see like Malcolm Brogdon uh, take the responsibility as the lead ball handler, see what Sabonis and Turner are doing. It's just you're missing a big piece in terms of the evaluation. Yeah, you're missing a big piece. They were missing some big performances tonight. TJ Warren was just two of eight from the field. He did have 12 points and eight rebounds, got to the free throw line nine times, but he wasn't very good. Uh, Miles Turner just got destroyed in this one. They took him off the court after 25 minutes. He had five points, five rebounds, three assists, uh, one block, two of nine shooting, one of four from three-point range. Jeremy Land had 12 points on 12 shots. Um, just not a lot of guys could get anything going. Justin Holiday went one for eight. Uh, Aaron Holiday went one for seven. If it was a holiday, you were bad tonight. Uh, well, it was okay, but we'll get to that later. Uh, but for Paul George, it's just another another big night for him. Um, he got some help. Patrick Beverly, 11 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, three steals. Lou Williams was terrible tonight. Terrible, Mike. He had six points on 19 shots. Those are John Stark's numbers. Is that yeah, bad? That, yeah, I mean, it's not good. It's not good. I know that. Uh, Clippers actually just shot 40% from the field and 31% from three, but kind of just gutted this out with a, with a high volume of three-pointers, especially from, from Paul George. And that's the thing about Indiana, right? Like, this Clippers team is very good, even without Kawhi Leonard. Indiana, these Nate McMillan teams don't quit, and that sounds kind of corny and moral victory type stuff to say, but it, I just I do walk away impressed with this Pacers team every time I watch them because they're just a very solid group. And you mentioned, like, Brogdon's really good. Like, Sabonis is really good. Turner, most nights, is really good. Um, and, and it's just, I don't know. They're one of those kind of sneaky early, early games that are always just a fun watch. I mean, they do a few things well, right? Like they always hit the boards hard. Um, they protect the rim. They score well inside and like, that'll get you pretty far. Uh, Sabonis had 22 rebounds tonight. Like they're consistent in that regard. I feel like just night to night, those are the types of skills that if you're good at you, that can carry over as long as you play hard. And, uh, that'll allow you to stay in a few games, even if you got the talent deficit like they do. Yeah, and they maybe would have won this game had they not shot 35% from the field and 28% from three. Other big game tonight, Bucks 110, Magic 101 in Milwaukee. Uh, this actually wasn't as close as the final score would lead you to believe at times, and then the Magic kind of went on a, a late run in the second half and in the fourth quarter. They cut it to six at one point, but the Bucks 14 straight wins going into this game, make that 15 straight victories. Giannis, monster, 32 points, 15 rebounds, eight assists, just two turnovers. He was 12 of 22 from the field, went two of five from three-point range, uh, just six of 12 from the free-throw line. Still can't shoot free throws, but everything else is good with him. Chris Middleton, excellent game, controlled game, 20 points, nine rebounds, four assists. The bench was huge for the Bucks in this one and kind of creating that lead early uh, when they had a big first quarter, big second quarter. Uh, 11 and six for Ursan Ilyasova, 10 for George Hill, 12 for Dante DiVincenzo. Um, and for the Magic, just no Vucevic in this one. They relied on Fournier. They relied on Terrence Ross. Fournier had 26 points. Ross had 23 points off the bench. But if Aaron Gordon and Markel Fultz aren't giving them anything, and they combine to shoot 7 of 26 from the field, uh, there's not much the Magic can do in this matchup, Mike. No, it's probably not a good thing if Evan Fournier is just your leading guy and the guy you're relying on uh, to really make things happen. And that's kind of like the limitations of them, especially without Vucevic. And, and like if you're playing Giannis, I don't know what you're going to do. 
Yeah, what I yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, like and they have good defenders, right? Jonathan Isaac, good defender. Aaron Gordon, good defender. They got a bunch of big men to throw at him. Uh, and he's just not, I mean, he just does whatever he wants right now. Like it's it's really ridiculous to think he's so much better than he was last year, and he was historic last year. I mean, he's hitting three now, so he had two threes tonight. Like, and I know those are small things, but just every aspect of his game is better than last year. And now he has to be respected at least on the perimeter, which makes it that much easier for him to get the shots he wants. Like he's just, he's, he's just amazing. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. The, the, and the bucks were just, they're just good tonight. 16 to 41 from deep. They had 30 assists in the game. It's the sixth game this season where they've had 30 or more assists. Um, and this is their fourth highest win streak in team history. Their, their record is 20. They've done 16 twice. This is now 15. Uh, Mike, I know that they're on pace. Like, granted it's on pace, right? We're a quarter of the way through the season, but they're on pace to win 70 plus games. They have a more dominant, uh, net net rating right now than the, than the warriors did the year they added Kevin Durant, like everything they're doing right now. And I wrote this in power rankings on Monday. Everything they're doing right now is geared towards this is dominance and like almost historic dominance. And some of it skewed by a couple of, you know, easy big games recently. But I do wonder if we're taking this bucks team as seriously as we should. I think probably not. Um, you know, like if the Warriors, the closest analog we have, they don't compare because they don't have as much depth in terms right. of just like star players. It's Giannis driving so much of it, but I mean, he's really good. And when you have the best player in the league playing as well as he possibly can, that's how you get to be a 70 win pace team and lead the league in net rating. And I think point differential and all that type of stuff. And yeah, if he keeps playing like that the whole season, they can get there. Is Chris Middleton the key to all of this, you know, kind of pushing over that hump or will it need to be the point guard position with either Eric Bledsoe or George Hill? I think it's got to be Bledsoe and it's got to be Hill and it's got to be the guys who like give them a, a third really good player at night to night. I mean, Middleton can do that most of the time, even though he needs help. He's not like the type of guy who can always create for himself and really carry a team. You just need someone who like on the rare night when Giannis isn't good, you, you need to have a few players who can then pick up the load and help you win those games when you, when you can't rely on Giannis to go for 30, 15 and seven. Magic went into this one on a four game win streak. That's obviously snapped. They shot 38% from the field, 32% from deep. It's the ninth game this season, already nine games. They've shot under 40% from the field. They are one in eight in those games. And once again, bucks 15 in a row right now. Uh, and they got a chance to push that a lot further. All right, Mike, let's get to the news. Everyone needs for Tuesday protests denied by the NBA. Daryl Morey over to him protest this year. Uh, the NBA announced today that the commissioner, Adam Silver, denied the Houston Rockets protest from the 135-133 loss to the San Antonio Spurs back on December 3rd. Um, they did say that it was a misapplied rule, right? They, they've they apparently uh, disciplined all three referees for misapplying the coach's challenge, but they felt that the final 750 of regulation and two overtime periods was more than enough for the Rockets to make up for a dunk that should have counted. So now we can hopefully put this to bed until the next thing that the Rockets whine about. Speaking of the Rockets, according to ESPN, Carmelo Anthony warned Chris Paul about that franchise uh, with the way his whole thing was handled and and tried to warn Chris Paul that they were going to, uh, you know, trade trade him or, or that they shouldn't be trusted by Chris Paul. This is what he told ESPN, uh, what Carmelo Anthony told him. No, I wasn't surprised at all uh, about the Chris Paul trade. 
when my situation happened in Houston, he was the first person that I called to come to my room and we had to clear some things up and I wanted to know if he had anything to do with it. And that was the first thing I wanted to know. And he told me no. And from that point on, I told him, looked him in his eyes and said, look, just be careful. You know what I mean? Just be careful. And damn sure if it didn't happen to him, uh, Mike, this sounds a little dramatic, right? I mean, it's not, it's not wrong, but it also just seems a little dramatic. I mean, I don't know if we need a Carmelo Anthony to tell us that the Rockets and Daryl Morey are ruthless. I feel like the bigger story there is that Carmelo, who's like best friends with Chris Paul, his first intuition was to see if Chris Paul is driving force to like stab him in the back and get him out of Houston. That's kind of interesting. That is that is a weird like, did you have anything to do with this? Why would Chris Paul have anything to do with that? I know Chris Paul's like not the most likable teammate and he's not the most likable guy in the NBA at all right now with all these Jersey untucks and everything. But that is, you're right. Like that is a bizarre angle for this one to take. And I, you know, it's interesting. He would bring Chris Paul to the room and ask him, I grant he's closer to Chris Paul than he's than to James Harden, but wouldn't James Harden be the one? Cause isn't he the one that drives that entire franchise? I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he didn't think he could talk to James Harden about that. I mean, it's just like such a weird situation. It's like, you don't trust your friend and then you call him up into the room and I guess it's good. You're doing it one-on-one and actually confronting him about it. I don't, I don't know. It, it all just makes it sound so nefarious. Why, why can't it just be like something as simple as you're not playing well. So they, they cut you or whatever, wave them, whatever they did last year. You know, like it, it doesn't have to always have to be drama. Yeah, well, maybe it does with the Rockets and, and Carmelo Anthony. You never know. Uh, last bit of news. Kevin Love uh, understands that he's in a trade situation yet again in Cleveland. This is what he told ESPN. Nothing's changed. What I mean by that is since I got here, they've been – since I effing got here, there's been talk of me being traded. So it's nothing different. They decide to go that way. I've just got to know it's part of the business. Or if we decide to go that way, it's part of the business. According to uh, Shamshrani of The Athletic, Love prefers a deal to a title contender as – one would expect. But here's the problem with that, Mike, is uh, Kevin Love's last five games, according to Mike Zavagno. I hope I didn't butcher that name. Uh, Kevin Love's last five games, 9.2 points, 6.8 rebounds, 2.4 assists, two turnovers, 37% shooting, 36% from three, three free throw attempts. That's not good. That's not how you up your trade value. No, I don't, I don't even know like what the market would be for Kevin Love right now. He's, I feel like he's gotten hurt the last two years. Like, as you said, with those stats, his production is down. His name is, might be bigger than like the type of player that he is. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you try to give up for him with that contract that he has. It's, it's, it's like a weird place. And he has been on the market for so long. Like, I feel like he's been the trade chip the Cavs have had if they want to upgrade for so long. Or he's been the guy that they've blamed ever since like he basically got there. That it's all kind of skewed our perception of Kevin Love. Yeah, and he's just... He's not the Minnesota guy anymore, right? So at this point, you're still acquiring a very good player. But uh, if he's not healthy, if he's not consistent, that's a pretty big price tag for that kind of production. All right, Mike, let's get to the rest of the games from Monday night. Celtics 110, Cavs 88 in Boston. Gordon Hayward is back after breaking his hand. He had missed 13 games. Uh, He scores 14 points, five rebounds, four assists on seven of 10 shooting in 26 minutes. No Marcus Smart in this one. He's got an eye infection or something. I don't know what's wrong with him. Uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. That trio, way too much for Cleveland. Brown had 20 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Kemba Walker had 22 and seven. Uh, Jason Tatum, 19 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks. That trio shot 24 of 42 from the field. Tristan Thompson, 17 and 11. Jordan Clarkson had 19 off the bench. Kevin Love, just seven points on 12 shots. The Cavs have lost seven straight. 
and 13 of their last 14. Pistons 105, Pelicans 103 in New Orleans. One of our game winners tonight, Derek Rose. He isolates against Drew Holiday with the score tied, drives in the lane, spins back, leaves Holiday in the dust, knocks down the shot as the buzzer sounds. 21 points off the bench, seven assists, nine to 17 shooting, and made the last two buckets for the Pistons in the final 40 seconds. Derek Rose against Drew Holiday, and he's got a little mid range. That's it, it's over. Detroit Pistons win it and got what they wanted at the end of the game. Brandon Ingram went off early in this game. He had 14 of his 31 points in the first 11 minutes, finished with 31, six and three assists, 11 of 21 from the field, missed the go ahead shot with 14 seconds left though. Langston Galloway continues his great shooting 16 points, six of 10 from the field, four of eight from deep Blake Griffin next to nothing in this game. Five points, nine shots, 34 minutes, 13 and 10 for Andre Drummond. Drew Holiday had 20 points on 21 shots. J.J. Redick just one of 10 from the field, one of eight from deep. The Pelicans have lost nine straight games. Another buzzer beater. Kings 119, Rockets 118 in Houston. This was a crazy one, Mike. So Harrison Barnes hits a tough shot as the shot clock's running down. That puts the Kings up three. Then the Rockets get back-to-back three-pointers from Russell Westbrook and Ben McElmore. Puts them up three with 22 seconds left. Kings can't execute down the stretch at all. And then Buddy Heald hits an absurd, leaning, running three-pointer to tie it up. Eight seconds left. Westbrook takes the inbounds in the backcourt. Dribbles all the way up the court against Buddy Heald. Scores an easy layup. Starts yelling, game over to his bench. Game over, game over. There's one second left. Nemanja Bielica, Professor Big Shots, is a weird nickname he got in in FIBA play, he hits a about a 30, 35 footer to drain it, to put them up one, to end this game at the buzzer. Bielitsa for the win. He got it. Sacramento wins the game. Bielitsa with a three-point play. Mike. This was some of the most – I know we're not supposed to say the Rockets can play fun basketball. This is some of the most fun basketball I've seen all season. Yeah, and I, I can't believe Nemanja Bielitsa has a nickname. That's crazy. Um, that was amazing. That was a, such a fun ending. I feel like they needed the Kings to bring that out of them, and especially like that last play that the Kings ran where everyone just forgot about Bielitsa. The Rockets should do that more often. People will like them more. People, people will like them more. Buddy Heald uh, led the Kings with 26 points, 19 for Harrison Barnes, 17 for Bielitsa. Kings had 14 steals in this one. Russell Westbrook actually had a great game. 34 points on 13 of 17 shooting, also an eight assist. James Harden, 27 points, 10 assists, eight turnovers, eight of 19 from the field, three of 10 from three-point range, 13 and 17 for Capella, 10 points, 19 rebounds for P.J. Tucker. The Kings just won a back-to-back in Dallas and in Houston. That is highly impressive. Another close one tonight. Raptors 93, Bulls 92 in Chicago. No Fred Van Vliet. Norm Powell gets a start. Big start for both Pascal Siakam in this game and Zach Levine. Uh, Siakam finished with 22 points, had 13 of those in the first quarter. Uh, Zach Levine finished with 20 points. He had 15 of those in the first quarter. They both shot pretty poorly in this game. Wendell Carter Jr. and Daniel Gafford, both excellent for the Bulls in the interior. Carter had 14 points, six rebounds, three assists. Gafford had 14 points and three blocks off the bench. Raptors down eight in the fourth quarter. They use a 9-0 run to take the lead, and then we just get a bunch of back and forth. Norm Powell has a couple of big buckets. He finished with 17 points. Gasol gets a big block on Lowry Markkinen with 30 seconds left. Final possession of the game. Bulls down one. Zach Levine drives. Marcus Gasol rotates over. Levine gets a contact. No call. Gasol straight up. Shot misses. Clock runs out. 
Kyle Lowry, 11 points on just 15 shots, but seven rebounds, seven assists. The Raptors snap a three-game losing streak. Suns 125, Wolves 109 in Phoenix. Aaron Baines back for the second game in 11 contests. Three-point shooting killed the Wolves in this one. They were just 6 of 22 from deep. Suns were 16 of 40 from downtown. Outscored the Wolves 64 to 45 in the second half. Devin Booker an easy 26 points, seven assists, four rebounds. Ricky Rubio, 16 points, 14 assists, just one turnover against his former team. 24 for Oubre, 20 for Dario Saric. Aaron Baines with 12 points in 15 minutes. Cat and Wiggins, not enough for the Wolves. Cat had 33 and 15 with two blocks. Andrew Wiggins, 23 points, four rebounds, four assists. Bulls or Wolves have lost five straight games and three straight on the road. Uh, Mike, are the Jazz bad? Did the Jazz uh, suck? I, f- I feel like every time I see their score, they're getting blown out. And I know they're like 13 and 11 now, but yeah, I, I, I feel like they're bad. They might suck. They might suck. Um, they lose this one. 104 for the thunder 90 for the jazz in salt Lake city. No Gallo in this game. No Mike Conley in this game. Jazz had no answers for Dennis Schroeder. 27 points off the bench, 20 points for Shea Gilgis Alexander, 11 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, four blocks for Steven Adams, Chris Paul, 16 points, seven assists. I don't know if he had any snitching in that game on rules violations, uh, but 26 points on 25 shots for Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, 19 and 17, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich with 13 points on 17 shots. Uh, Jazz just can't shoot anymore. Um, Mike, what it, what is it like? Is it is it just new guys? Like they always start out slow. They take off in the second half of the season. Are we expecting that, or does this feel different? I don't know. Like I feel like anytime you add a player like Mike Conley, that should just make you better right away, right? And then Bogdanovich on top of it. There's just there's something weird and funky about their offense, and just nothing is working for them. They can't shoot. They can't create. Um, it's it's like a very weird fit and. I don't know how you fix it because it's not like you can get rid of any of those guys. They're all new. You have to figure out a way to make it work, basically. Like they're stuck with the roster that they have. And it's just, it's weird because Quinn Snyder's a good coach, too. Yeah, Quinn Snyder's an excellent coach. And it's just, uh, it's, it's not working out for them, at least yet. And there was a play in this game where Chris Paul uh, did a couple of fake passes around Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert went spinning around and had no idea where he was. Couldn't find it. Couldn't, couldn't find his, his keys in that one. Couldn't find his car. Uh, but the Thunder roll in that one. Grizzlies 110, Warriors 102 in San Francisco. Last game of the night. John Morant back in the lineup after missing four games. Uh, he had 26 points, seven assists, two turnovers, eight of 14 from the field, 16 points, three rebounds, three blocks for Jaron Jackson Jr., 17 for Dylan Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas, 13 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, and was two of two from three-point range. Warriors, Warriors just suck, man. 18 points, 22 shots for D'Angelo Russell, 18 for Alec Burks. They struggle to score inside the three-point line. I'm so sick of talking about the Warriors at this point. Let's go to line of the night. That's way more positive, Mike. Line of the night. We got a couple of options here. Paul George was 36-9-5 and in the win over the Pacers. Russell Westbrook, 34-8-3 and in the loss to the Kings. Carl Anthony Towns, 33-15 and in the loss to the Suns. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 32-15-8 in the win over Orlando. Who gets your line of the night? Pardon my English. I think it was Derrick Rose just cursed on national TV after he hit that game winner. Excuse my English, but I'm born to do this shit. Also, Nabanya Bielitsa did too. Fuck it. We deserve this win, man. Nabanya, great, great performance. Thank you very much. Wow. Wow is right. Yeah, big night for cursing if you made a a game winner. Um, So, yeah. Rose gets yours. Bielitsa gets mine. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. Back to back. 
no dunks, tampering, House of Strauss, hoops adjacent, all that good stuff. Nerdish Hero, all the good stuff, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget to follow the shows on the app. You get notifications for new episodes. And uh, thanks for subscribing to The Athletic. If you're not subscribed to The Athletic, do that. Subscribe. Treat yourself for the holidays. Thanks for waking up with us. Thanks for listening to us while you uh, take your vitamins and get ready for work and you in your commute on the on the way to a job that you know you're going to love because you get to wake up the next morning and listen to us again. Mike, hit me with a sign-off. Ding, ding. ding.